Welcome to the February 25th sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 1-3, through 3, and the sermon is entitled, Warning, False Teachers, delivered today by Pastor Jeffrey Campbell. All righty, grab your Bibles, go to the book of 2 Peter chapter number 2, 2 Peter chapter number 2, as we open the Word of God together today, we do so... Uh, amazingly continuing to look at Jesus, Second Peter chapter number 2, as we receive a warning about false teachers today. I, I want to back up a little bit because I had the Sunday off last week, and I want to kind of recap chapter number 1 very quickly. And this is how fast I could have preached it. It just took me two Sundays to do so. But the recap of chapter number 1, Peter encouraged the believers of the early church To make sure, make their election and their calling sure. To make sure they know that they are saved through Jesus Christ. And so with that reminder, Peter then moves on that we need to be awakened and we need to be stirred to the things of God. And so I want you to see the heart of Peter as he is writing. He writes with the mindset of this. He knows that his days are numbered. He knows that he doesn't have long left on the earth. And he knows that he has a a particular place that he was able to see Jesus and live with Jesus and minister with Jesus and know Jesus personally. And now those people that have spent their lives with Jesus are now fading off scene. And so what he does, he writes in chapter number one to encourage that they know Jesus. Also, that they be stirred and they live their life for the things of God. And then in chapter 2, as he knows that his days are simply numbered, he encourages them this, to beware of the false teachers that are going to creep in and they're going to come in and try to mislead the believers. And so today, we're going to pump the brakes a little bit As we look at chapter number two, and I'm not going to tell you how many sermons it's going to take us to get through chapter number two, but I'm going to tell you this, we're only covering three verses today because there's so much to uncover in this chapter. It opens with a warning. That warning comes in different areas of the church, but the central theme in chapter number two is this. You better take warning and take heed as believers and beware of the false teachers that are trying and that are in the church. When we think of a warning label, it is something that must grab your attention. It must give you information or instruction. And it must tell you the risk that are associated with what you are about to do. Some of you have signed paper and you have jumped out of a perfectly good airplane to take a risk and to get a thrill and I don't understand that at in my early 20s I thought that would be cool to jump out of an airplane one day I'm going to put that on my bucket list and when I got in my 40s I quickly scratched that off the list because I'm not willing to take that risk But here's what we understand. The warning labels are all around us. When you go through this life, you are signing. You literally sign your life away in so many areas. And you are warned about. Some of those warnings are good. 
And some of them have harmful effects. And so those warning labels are all over the place. You will find warning labels on machinery. If you operate or around any kind of machinery, there's a warning label because somebody has gotten hurt. If you drank a cup of coffee, there is a warning label. And that warning label is simply three letters. Hot. But here's the reality, church. We've come to the place where we've got to have a warning label on a cup of coffee. Because somebody's gotten burned and somebody has not heeded the warning. You know that the best thing to do with a hot cup of coffee? Pour it down the sink. You won't get burned, I guarantee you. You won't. I'm just kidding. I know I made some people mad there, but anyway. I am not a coffee drinker. Driving down the road, when you came here today, whether you realized it or not, you passed many warning labels. You passed many warning signs along your road to church today. And as we open the Word of God today, this is a big warning sign. And it is one not for just the pastor, it is one for the entirety of the church that we cannot miss. So with this, we open chapter number two, and this whole chapter is going to be a warning. But we look at the warning of false teachers. I'm going to read all three verses, and then we'll go back and we'll dissect those verses together. Chapter number two, verse number one. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words Make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. As we open this word of God today, and as we look together, we're going to ponder three questions as we look at this scripture together today. And we're going to answer three questions that, that regard false teachers. And the first question is this, where are they? Where are these false teachers? Look again at verse number one. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. The first place that we see these false teachers are among you. Among you. They are among you. That's what verse number one says. These false prophets are also among the people and there shall be false teachers among you. The problem with false teachers is this. They blend in and they're not easily noticeable except when they open their mouth. And here's the reality. When they open their mouth and they begin to teach, they are teaching somewhat of the truth of God, but they are also adding in some additional things that you must be aware. And the only way that you can truly identify a false teacher is by knowing the Word of God yourself. If the only Bible that you get during the week is from me, you are in trouble. And if the only Bible that you get is from a Sunday school teacher or a small group leader, you are in trouble because you will not be able to identify those 
false teachers. It may sound right. It may look good. But you will not know the truth of God's word. So this is not a slam. This is an encouragement to the church. Get in the word of God. That way we're able to, to recognize and to notice where these false teachers creep in. But these false teachers are among you. And Peter tells these believers that they are there just as they were among the people in times past. If they look around, they will see false teachers among them. They are disguised and they are camouflaged in their midst. But they are not teaching the truth that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, this is not just a warning in Peter's day. This is a warning in our day. This is a warning for the church today. Because not every one of, of, of us or of you, those that are among us, know the Lord. Here is the reality. On a Sunday morning, everybody that gathers together, everyone doesn't know Jesus as Savior. Everyone watching on a live stream does not know Jesus. Everyone that is among us is not paddling in the same direction. And just as Satan showed up to mislead and misquote and misguide Adam and Eve, so do the false teachers. So today, the first place that we see false teachers are among us. There's another place. Look at verse number one again that we will find these false teachers. It says in verse number one, but there were false prophets also among the people. You see that word were? The second place, there always have been, there always were teachers, false teachers that the people were dealing with. And Peter says these false teachers have always been. They've always been there. You can look at the Tower of Babel. You can look at the prophets, prophet Zechariah or Jeremiah or Ezekiel. You can look at these Old Testament prophets and you can see the battle against false prophets. Real quick, I want to read an excerpt from Ezekiel chapter number 13, verses 1 through 3. It says this, And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the prophets of Israel that prophesy and say thou unto them that prophesy out of their own hearts, hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God, woe unto the foolish prophets that follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. And so the warning from Ezekiel is this. Uh, the Lord told Ezekiel, you go and you speak against those false prophets. He had to go to the nation of Israel and address these false prophets that were there. So these false prophets have always been, they always were in times past, a battle with the Lord. And then there's a third place. Look at verse number one again. It says this, even as there shall be false teachers among you. There will always be false teachers. When you think of, of Jesus' words in Matthew chapter number 7, he warns of false prophets in sheep's clothing. And the, on the inside, what are they? They are ravening wolves. So they're dressed up as sheep. And in uh, Matthew chapter number 24, verse number 24, listen to Jesus' words here as well. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets 
and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if you were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. John writes in 1 John chapter number 4, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. So whether it's Peter, or whether it's Jesus himself, or whether it's John, we see the warnings in Scripture to beware of false teachers. They always will be something that believers will have to deal with. And the warning is real that these people are totally missing Jesus. So when we think about the question, where are these false teachers? They are among you, and they always have been, they always were, and they always will be. But there's a second question we need to look at and when, when we're trying to understand these false teachers, and that is this, how do they work? How do false teachers work? Look at verse number one again. I'm going to start halfway through. It says this, Who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. The first word that I want you to see is privily. And that word simply means privately or secretly. It describes how they work. They work under the radar, slipping in and giving false doctrine. Many of these teachers would try to say something needs to be added to Jesus in order to be saved. Now, you've got to be careful because you may be exposed to that same teaching. Anything in addition to Jesus is not true. So what these false teachers would do, they would say, Jesus plus circumcision and you're saved. Or they would say, Jesus plus baptism. Or Jesus plus works. Or Jesus plus living a moral life. Jesus plus would lead to salvation. Yes, you need Jesus, but you need to sprinkle in some of that law that was there as well. And that is not true. Church, listen to me. Anything apart from Jesus is false. Now, does Jesus lead you to get baptized? Absolutely, but baptism doesn't save. Do you see the difference? Jesus leads you to, to be obedient there. Jesus leads you to follow in doing good works. But just because you do good works doesn't mean you're saved. Just because you live in a good moral life doesn't mean that you're saved. But Jesus in you can result in these things. So you must have eyes and ears that are paying close attention. Here's the bottom line. Anything added to Jesus. Where salvation is wrong. Is wrong. I want you to listen to this one verse from Jude. Verse number 4. Here's what it says. For there are certain men crept in unawares. Who were before old ordained to this condemnation. Ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness. 
and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Jude writes that these, these false teachers crept in unaware, but they were ungodly men, and what they did is they denounced Jesus and His salvation. Jude would write about these false teachers and how they privately or how they sneak in. The second word, look at verse number three. Or excuse me, verse number two. And many shall follow their pernicious ways. Now we talked about that pernicious uh, way, but here, here's what we want to talk about. That word comes with the meaning of subtly, gradually changing. And one of the great examples of something working in a pernicious way is gossip. Gossip can destroy. But it doesn't just go straight to the heart of the matter. Gossip infiltrates the church. It infiltrates the lives of the people. And next thing you know, gossip has destroyed somebody without even packing a punch. And so gossip works through, through, the side way, through the side doors and through the back door to destroy people. Now, we're not talking necessarily about gossip here. That's just an example. We're talking about false teaching working in the exact same way. It destroys, and it slowly makes its way around. And this false teaching, as we, we're looking at it today, it was gradually working its way through the believer's but to it, it added a sensual or a sexual behavior to it. And the people were being misled. And over and over through your Bible, I want you to see the warning. Warning. Whether it's from Jude or Jesus or John or Peter. These men are warning. Beware. The false teachers are out there. Now, it may not be from the front necessarily. Sometimes the one at the front gets the most attention, and I'm pointing at myself, okay? But sometimes the one at the front or the loudest voice in the room may not be the one you need to worry about. You start with the pastor, okay? You start there. But also the teaching throughout the church needs to all be on the same level. We're not talking about disagreeing on the small matters. We're talking about disagreeing on the doctrine of Jesus Christ as Savior of the world. Now, as that teaching slides in in that subtle way, all of these believers were warned that the false teaching was there. And here's what I want to tell you. In 2024, do we need to be aware of false teachers? Absolutely we do. Absolutely. If you turn on your TV, you will see it. If you turn on your radio or podcast, you can hear it. But here's what I want you to know. It may not necessarily come from the pulpit. It could come from other areas. And that's where you need to be careful. That's where we must be careful. It might be from up front. But it also could keep creep in from the side doors. That's how false teachers work. There's one more question that we must address today before we leave on these false teachers. And that is this. What do they do? Why are they so bad? Look at verse number 1. As we finish out verse number 1, it says this. Who privily shall bring in damnable heresies. The first thing they do is they teach damnable heresies. These false teachers would privately bring in the teachings and beliefs. And then they would begin to slowly extract or remove the word of God out of it. 
It didn't didn't have a foundation. A lot of their teaching was not rooted as in the Word of God or on Jesus Christ being the Savior. They would mislead. They would destroy. They would distort the truth. And the people that, that didn't know the Word of God would just follow along in their way. And so that's how people get misled by these heresies. In order for people to be misled, here's what they must miss. They must miss Jesus. Anytime you are listening to a good speaker, they can miss Jesus. Anytime you listen to a preacher, you can miss Jesus. Especially if it's not there. And so one one of my recommendations, if you're listening to a preacher, I encourage you to listen to other pastors because I do. But if you listen to other pastors and they leave out Jesus, you better turn the station or turn the TV off and turn the channel because it's not of God. Amen? Anything that does not point to the grace of God through His Son Jesus, you are being misled. And so today, there are heresies that these false teachers would come in, they would remove the truth of God, and they would continue to teach their own account. The second thing they did, look at verse number 1 at the end, even denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. The second thing that these false teachers would do is they would deny the Lord any religion, Any teaching that denies the atoning death of Jesus, that denies that the Bible is the Word of God, that denies salvation by faith in Christ alone, and that denies the need for a sin-filled world to be saved is false teaching. So when we think about that, we may disagree on the finer points, but we can't disagree on Jesus. Look at verse number 1 again. I want you to see this important point here. As we look at even denying the Lord. And Peter says that bought them. So the, the man that went to the cross to die for even these false teachers. He bought them. He said these false teachers are denying. 1 Corinthians chapter number 6 verse number 20 tells us this. That every single one of us are bought with a price. Peter, in his first book, first chapter, says that we are redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And here's what the false teachers, they were removing Jesus and they were removing the blood of Jesus that he bought them. They denied that. So this is a warning. When we think of denying the Lord, they are denying the one that purchased them, that redeemed them, that bought them for a price, and they are putting Jesus out with the wash. Today, I hope and I pray there's not a person in this room or that is watching that denies who Jesus truly is. To deny Jesus is to become part of the false teaching, the false leading. There's a third thing that these false teachers did. Look at verse number two. It says this, and many shall follow their pernicious ways. That word pernicious can also be translated deceptive. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time here because I've already somewhat mentioned it, but these teachers, as they looked the part, they spoke the part, they led in the part in the place where they should be leading, 
But they would pull the focus off of Jesus and it would lead others astray. Here's what the warning is to us as believers and us as the church today. Anything that deceives, that moves away from the truth of Jesus Christ is deceptive. The false teaching that leads the conduct and the action and then carries out. That's what Peter was dealing with. And he dealt with false teachers that, that added to Jesus and it was deceiving those that were following. How many today will choose Jesus over all the ways that are offered? I pray that you will. Do not be deceived. And one of the greatest ways not to be deceived is to be rooted in the Word of God. There's a fourth. There's a fourth thing that they did. Look at verse number three. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you. You see two words, covetousness and merchandise. Those two words should send out red flags to you. But the fourth thing that they did is they desired to gain money. How many people are destroyed by greed? Now listen to me. I told you that I'm not going to teach on tithing more than one time a year. And I'm not. I'm not going that route today. But here's the reality. It takes finances to make ministry move. We all know that. It does. But when the sole purpose is financial gain, that's where the red flags go off. When every sermon, now listen to me, I'm going to give you a charge. When every sermon preaches about giving to the church, you better watch out. So your charge is, I'm not even, I'm not going to preach about money. I'm only going to preach about it one time a year. Because it's not about money for me. You know it takes money for the church to run. You understand that. It's not for me to beg you to give more so that my pockets increase. That's not the goal here. My goal is this, that the kingdom of God increase by all of us pulling our resources together and working together and living together for Jesus. It is not for financial gain, but these false teachers were out for the for the for the for their to pad their own pockets. They desired money instead of ministry. And the wording here from, from Peter is that they used feign words. And the Greek word there is a is the word that we get plastic from. So basically they would mold their words, they would mold their speeches, they would mold what they had to say that people would feel guilty and, and feel led to give. Does that make sense? So they would, they would mold, they would put on a show so that people would give and give and give and it would pad their pockets. I love the, what Peter says here. And he says this, they use feigned words to make merchandise of you. They sought gain off of the people of God. And so there you see what happens. There's one more thing that we need to address before we leave today about false teachers. And that is this. Look at verse number three. At the end of that verse it says this. Whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not. And their damnation slumbereth not. The last thing that is done here. In the word of God is destruction is promised. 
I've used a word that I normally wouldn't use a lot, but I use it because it is in the Word of God. You've heard it twice today in two different verses, and that is the word damnation. And if there are young ears in here, parents, you need to explain this to your kids. But here's what the Word of God says. As damnation and destruction is promised, we will look further at that next week. Next week, don't you dare miss next week if you want an example. But here's what I'm going to say. As Peter writes that judgment and destruction is coming to these false teachers, God has not forgotten. God has not forgotten His people. God is not just letting them be and letting them take the world to hell. God will keep His promise of judgment upon the false teachers. You know because you know the Word of God, those that lead in teaching and particularly pastoral responsibilities have a greater judgment before God. And here's what we are, we are promised through false teachers, that their judgment will be swift. And their judgment will not be forgotten. Peter says this, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not. He said it might seem like a long time, but their payment, their judgment is coming. Justice will happen one day for every person that misleads the people of God. Now today, how do we end on such a depressing sermon, huh? Today I feel like I've given you bad news. But here's what I want you to see. I just hope that you heed the warning. Who you're listening to, what you're listening to, all can misconstrue the truth of God and I think 1 Peter, uh, chapter number 5, verse number 8 is a very good verse. Be sober and be vigilant because your adversary the devil is a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. One of the ways that Satan misleads is through false teachers. I'm grateful at this church. Many of the Bible studies that people lead even on their own. Guess what they do first? They call me. They call me and say, Pastor Jeffrey, look this over and make sure you're okay with it. Praise be to God for that. That we're all paddling the same way. I'm grateful today, church, to sound this alarm of warning. Because here's the reality. The warning of false teaching is near. You've heard that. It's not just on your television set. It can actually be in Amherst County or Nelson or Lynchburg or wherever you live. It doesn't necessarily have to be on the TV. But how do we wrap this up today? I wrap it up with encouraging the, the people of God. Be careful of what you are listening to, what you are watching, who you highly recommend. Make sure what they say is matching up with the Word of God. But my plea to you is please get into the Word of God. You are the ones that hold me accountable, and I need to hold you accountable as well. Amen? It's a two-way street. So in order for you to hold me accountable, I need to hold you accountable to the Word of God as well. Today, maybe someone's faith needs to be strengthened in Christ. Someone, just by sounding the warning, they, they recognize the announcement and they see that there's trouble out there and they, that you will begin to dig for yourself. But maybe today there is somebody in this room that is believing a total lie. Maybe today there's somebody in this room that thinks they're good enough. They don't need a Savior. They were born right the first time. There's so many bumper stickers that'll tell you that. There's so many false teachers that'll tell you that. But here's what the Word of God 
says that all of us are desperately wicked and every one of us has fallen short of the glory of God. And friends, today there could be somebody in here that is living the life of a lie and it needs to be exposed. Here's what I want to tell you. You can come to Jesus and Jesus will take care of that today. It is His blood. It is His death on the cross that paved the way to forgive a world of sin. It was His burial in a borrowed tomb and three days of death. And that not, it didn't end there. He rose on the third day that gives us life and life eternal. Today, if there's somebody that needs the grace of God to pour into their life, instead of believing the lie, that could happen just by you bowing your head and you open your heart and you giving your life to a Savior who died for you. Church family, today, as we leave this place, my prayer is this, that we go not pinpointing people, not looking for people, but just examining our own life and what is being fed into our own bodies, that we know that it is the truth of God. Let us pray together. Father God, Lord, we thank you for this day. And we thank you for a time that we come to you now in a moment of invitation. Lord, as we have heard the word of God, Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit will lead us now. Lord, we'll begin a work in our own lives. Lord, for the believer, for the Christian in the room, God, I pray, Lord, that you will strengthen them in the word of God. That you will strengthen their resources and where they're getting their information. God, I pray, Lord, that I will just be one of many that are pouring into the lives of the people here at Clifford Baptist Church. But God, I pray that it is truth that is being poured in. Help us keep grounded in your truth as a body. And Lord, I pray personally for myself, Lord, that you will keep me grounded in your word. Thank you, Lord, for that. And I pray your protection about this church. God, I also pray for that one that needs Jesus today, that is sitting in a pew or sitting in a chair or sitting at home, listening to this message that thinks everything will be okay or they have plenty of time. All of those are lies that Satan wants them to believe. God, today, if there's somebody that needs Jesus, Lord, I pray that they hear your voice, your spirit calling, your spirit drawing them. Lord, today, I pray in this moment of invitation that you will draw that one. Lord, thank you for your amazing grace. Thank you for the shedding of your blood. Thank you for the forgiveness of our sin. Thank you that you are our Savior. And today, we lift up Jesus in this moment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.